Yo, we're live. Oh. <laughs> Got him. Got me. Hey, welcome to episode 16 of the Disaster Podcast. My name is Clark Brown. You've got... Toby Clem. Mr. Clem. How are you, sir? Doing good. Fresh haircut? Yeah. I need one. Fades and blades. Blades. Uh, listen, uh, our podcast is the Disaster Podcaster, and if you are in the what we call the restoration division, uh, restoration industry, excuse me, um, fire, water, mold, remediation, trauma, contents, anything around property damage that works for uh, residential and commercial properties, this is a podcast geared directly towards that industry. With my experience in Toby's and what we do currently, uh, we're, we're just knee-deep in that industry. Um, it's Friday, the August 26th that we're recording, and uh, we're going to have a really, really fantastic episode. We've got some some great things to talk about plumber marketing. I know everyone loves that topic. Plumbers. Plumber marketing. Plumbers. Plumbers crack, right? <laughs> and uh, we've got uh, we've got another conversation about um, uh, an event uh, that I was at with some uh, some topics around staffing. And then stay tuned for the end. I, I've got a really really big uh, illusion uh, announcement. If you will, I'm going to allude to something that we're working on from an industry standpoint that's going to be fantastic. It's going to be huge, really. Uh, I mean, this could radically change a lot. It could uh, quickly. This is a big. This is a big first step, I would say. Big first, big first step, and and we're going to want your um, comments. So we're not recording this one live, so you will need to reply to the comments, and uh, we will get back to you in that way. So stay tuned. We'll uh, be right back. Let's go. Let's go, man. Well, how's your week? Good. Good. Getting Anything? ready for a road trip. Where are you going? Kentucky. Kins- Owensboro, Kentucky. Kinsatucky. <laughs> I hope it's cooler there. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> cool. Hey, um, let's kick it off, man. I wanted to talk about, you and I were both um, having this conversation. This was following uh, one of our clients that, um, that, that, did something unique um, to our industry. I think it's very common in the world of marketing, and I certainly think it's a very effective way. What do you think? Uh, it's crucial. I think more people need to do it. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So let me set the let me set the stage here uh, of what happened. Um, this is a remediation restoration contractor year three, so probably on the newer side, still trying to build up that consistent workflow he's got a lot of uh, referral partners but he's always looking to add to that and and he doesn't have a lot of plumbers so um but he he looked he looked up in his market he lives in a medium-sized market in this country and he looked up home service providers that were in his area that seemed to be really remarkable purple cows standing out in in in, in reviews and in involvement in the industry and he he found this large plumbing outfit, large plumbing company that had 700 reviews. And, and dang, yeah, that's that's a lot. It's a lot. 
I don't know if that's a lot for plumbers. It's a lot. It would be a lot for a restoration. Yeah, for restoration, contract. that's a lot. Plumbers see a lot of people every day and every week. Yeah, so it's, But it seems it sounds like a lot. But it was, yep. it was in contrast. It was far more than others. He stood out. So he reached out and to to this person, you know, got the email address and said, "Hey, listen, you don't know me. My name is so and so, and with so and so company." And and I. I was astonished by what it looks like, the package and everything you've put together. I'd love to pick your brain on how, in this difficult market of home services, you stand out so much. Almost immediately, uh, he'd say within a day, he got an email back saying, absolutely, dude, come by my office. I'd share with you. I've worked hard to get here, and I think we need to all be doing it the same way. And and this is how this contractor thinks the same way. And um, said, hey, come by my office. So he did. And he sat down with this guy. Well, they went to the office and they went to lunch. He did a little, little tour and they went to lunch. And he said, listen, I, I, you know, our client said, I'd like to know what you're doing different or, or in your perspective different. You know, how are you keeping staff? What's your culture like? Um, they had a lunch. Short story, it ended up being a great lunch. And this guy said, dude, why don't we work together? You know, you are a restoration company. We come into plumbing issues all the time. Yeah. And, 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 but never Toby in the conversation did he ask for the, for the sale. Well, you know, I was going to ask that. Um, it, it sounds like based on what you're telling me that everything he did was he was, he was looking to learn yeah. from someone who was setting a trend um, in the market, uh, did he know that the, this company before, or was this completely cold call of sorts? It's cold call. He had done no wow. work for them previously, yeah. and um, he, yeah, and, and it's not necessarily close to him. He said this, they are a little bit of a drive because he lives in a suburb of a larger city, so they're more in the city. Or they probably service his area. Uh, 30 trucks, those that are listening, they're going to know that's a really good size. It's a good size plumbing That's a good restoration-sized company. Um, had lunch with the guy, said, hey, I'm aligned with what you're doing. Um, I like that you called on me and, and cared more about the company and the service we're providing than actually getting the work from us. The guy called him back and said, I'd like you to come in and educate my plumbers a little bit more on nice. what they're looking for. Yeah, that's right? good. Yeah. Yeah. And and then he called me today. He said, "Hey, you remember that uh, uh, that, that that plumbing group I told you I talked to? This was all earlier in the week." And I said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "Dude, I just got um, there's a there's a platform called Bonjoro, B O N J O R O, and it's uh, there's also one called Bomb Bomb. It's where you can record a, a, a personal video message and text or email that directly to someone, like in real time or as soon as something. I know a lot of companies." have that as soon as a call is booked a technician will get the alert they record a video on their phone saying hi this is clark with abc restoration and uh looks like you're on my schedule i'm about two hours and i'll be there real personal touch well the owner of this company did that for him and this is a this is a company that told him some stories like we scaled to seven figures in a short period of time 30 trucks doing things well uh, no real shortage of people working for us um, so I just wanted to kind of bring that up and talk about it. That's obviously a great idea, right? Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it really gets into the, the idea of network marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gary V's jab, 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 right hook, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it was a genuine interest uh, on the, 
the behalf of our, our from the perspective of our client to this plumber he just wanted to build a relationship yeah you know um you know i that's kind of how i built my business when i was in business for myself in the service industry uh, i like to tell people my my marketing spend was not on facebook ads and and print ads and, and door hangers and you know things like that the traditional methods my marketing spin was cups of coffee. I would ask people, hey, can we get a cup of coffee so I can learn about your business? And how can I send business your way? The right people are going to be reciprocal. So that's phenomenal. I like this approach. Yeah, so I, I think so. And, you know, you mentioned Gary Vee. I watched a video of his one time, and, you know, he's obviously grown into all kinds of pot, uh, platforms. But um, early on, he was doing a podcast. He said he was on a podcast two and a half, three years before most people even knew what, number one, that he had a huge business with a 1,000 employees, and number two, what exactly he did. He gave such immense value. Yeah. And showed intriguingly, just intriguingly high levels of interest in everything else that everyone else wanted to hear and do that he put himself last. And that's why Simon Sinek wrote the book, Leaders Eat Last. And, yep. and, you know, certainly don't want to put this on, pat ourselves on the back. But listen, we're not here pitching our business. We're here because we have a genuine love for helping others and, 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 and a general, a huge general interest in just, helping this you know helping this, the pain stop and and yeah. helping the industry you know helping the industry grow meet more people yeah i mean the more people we meet the more things we can do yeah and i don't mean just business-wise i mean just the more we can achieve so. yeah um, but he he's he's excited he's he's gonna have um a relationship with a large thing but it's, it's an opportunity for him to grow and and hey we can educate some plumbers on you know, there's probably some things they would like to know about our business. You know, they may not think that restoration and restoring and fans and dehumidifiers are that important. They may have said, oh, I don't need all that stuff until we start telling them that, you know, mold growth happens as soon as three days in this industry, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, he's yeah. really excited about doing that. Yeah, now he gets it, he gets the opportunity. I think you said that he, he gets to go talk to all the plumbers, mm-hmm. um, maybe a lunch and learn or something. So he gets to educate them on that, that next step of when something happens. Yeah. So they'll be more cognizant, and obviously that's going to help send business his way. Well, you know, just, just by yeah, by proximity, it's going to yeah. help. And then I'm of the belief that <laughs> when other plumbers and big plumbing outfits, and he's, I don't know if he said he's the biggest in town, others may fi- see that he's working with this company and say, hey, what, what's so good about them? And maybe they all go to the same conferences like we do. And yep. You need to be working with these guys. And, yep. and let me introduce you to so-and-so. And so – the reciprocity could go far and far. So if you're out there marketing, I, I tell everybody, what's you know we see it on the groups. What's the best way to market? What's how do I get a job? How do I get the phone to ring? Everybody in your market should a know you are good at what you do, so they would be inclined to recommend you, and and that this is what you do. If they don't know what you do, they will never tell anybody about it. And I I, I hear, we talk about this all the time. Um, so that's a really really a really good one. I can't wait to hear. Where that, um, where that kind of uh, manifests and what yeah. comes from it. Yep, yep. I mean, based on knowing the client, our client, mm-hmm. right? Um, got a sincere heart. I, I think there's only one place it can't go, and that's up. So, <laughs> cool. Uh, something else, uh, Toby. I was at a, I was out for lunch today at a. Um, I'm part of a nonprofit here in in Richmond that um, 
just does fundraising, does a lot of different things. And, and we have a, a monthly, it's called Table Talks. Uh, we have speakers come in from Richmond organizations and, and, and things like that. And today was a panel of three from uh, the hospitality industry here in Richmond. In, in Rich, Richmond has a pretty rich hospitality. I mean, very rich hospitality. Presence. Yeah. Yep. I was um, I was listening to them today. They said you know many travel and leisure put Richmond in the top twenty nationwide for their food and travel, and not just food and, and beverages. You know, a lot of good microbreweries. A lot of microbreweries here. Yep. But 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 activities. I mean, mm-hmm. downtown Richmond has the the river and. Just lots to do here. Yeah, and, and, and little big city, little big little big city. So, but but the talk today was about you know recovering from 2020, uh, all the things that went around, um, COVID mm-hmm. mandates, restaurants took a big hit, um, but now you know, but coming coming back, seeing what life looks like now, they're they're faced with the same struggles as our industry. Um, Getting people who want to come back and work in a restaurant. Um, it's, it's interesting. One guy said it's, it's like something happened between last year and this year. Nobody wants to come back with what the pay was last year. Like something shifted that everybody wants a ton more, 30% more in pay. Everybody. <laughs> they, they want to sit home all, all year long, not do anything, play video games, and then come back and get 30% more. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great at Call of Duty now. And, and <laughs> Fortnite all day. Can, can I work all day and play Fortnite and get paid? Um, you know, there was some talk about lots of people coming in asking, you know, I, I make good money on unemployment. Can you pay me under the table? Can I work for just tips and not report it? Mm. And they all mm. said, you know, absolutely not. We're not going to support that. Um, but they have the same problems. They, you know, there's just, they, they do, they said actually having better luck, Toby, with teenagers in early 20s. It's the. They're dying to do something. Get out of the house. Yeah, maybe that's it. But they said, you know, you start getting into the upper 20s and 30s, that generation, crickets. Mm. Uh, one restaurant owner, and a, he's kind of part of some board of some big RBA uh, group, said that 90% don't show up for the interviews. They just check a box saying that they went there. Mm, that's incredible. Um also, something they ask, and I, and I think this is something we should all promote, and, and I, I heard them loud and clear because I felt like they were talking to me. <laughs> if you're a consumer, if you're a customer at a restaurant, have a little bit of patience. Yeah, um, they I said, can see that. Yeah, they said when the first two weeks of opening up, everybody was just freaking like everybody was on drugs. It was so happy, and, and the flowers were brighter, and the smells were smellier, and Everything was great and supportive. Everybody was tipping great. But I tell you what, they said two weeks, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. They said the, the old came back. Uh, they can't open parts of their restaurant because of not enough staff. The, the service that they are getting is a little slower. Um, QR codes instead of menus. And Toby, I, I'm guilty. I get irritated. I yeah. get, I, I'm inconvenienced. Yep. Uh, for that. Guilty as charged. Can you relate a little bit? (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have a lifetime of, of experience and expectation that's been built Mm -hmm. and everything has changed in a year. It's, it's hard to change our, our thought process, you know, but we know it. We talk to people every day. You just, it's so hard to find people. It's so hard. And then the people that do show up, they're, they're struggling. They're struggling. 
you know, I'm sure it's the same in the restaurant industry too. And I don't want to stay on the restaurant industry because it doesn't pertain to restoration, but this does is they said, you know, uh, uh, they're trying to recover. I mean, last year the changes happened weekly outside, partial this, can't go. And they were, every time they constantly made the big. Constantly evolving. Constantly evolving. Every time you make a big shift in your workflow, it costs money. Single serve condiments. It costs a lot more to have single serves than a ketchup bottle. Um, and if, if your business is not built around that process, mm-hmm. you probably have to go order and get those those new supplies in. It takes time. And so does everybody else. And so exactly, and, so, and everyone else is doing the same thing at the same time. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, big, there's a big shortage. Supply chain. And so then, you know, things you wouldn't think about. They're they're needing to get new furniture for their restaurants, but guess what? Furniture manufacturing can't get workers either, so you can't get new furniture. So you, so just a just. Just a cycle of everything that's going on. Um, one guy said he stopped serving crab. Crab cakes are huge here. You know, everybody here and in, in, we get a lot of Maryland crab cakes. Yeah, yep, big time. And it's gone up 35, 40%. And, mm. and if you can get it, and people complain about the price. And so he's like, well, I'm not going to serve it and lose money. Um, and so it goes on. So it, again, there were just a lot of connections, Toby, to. What we deal with, but I thought this was really great. The moderator, Yvonne Mastromano, asked the question. She said, "You know, well, how do how does this translate into these irritated consumers going to Yelp?" Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! Um, that actually kind of plays off of the conversation we just had. <laughs> yeah. It, he, she said, she said the word Yelp, and there was a a visceral physical shift in all three of these people on stage. And I, uh, there were some explanative. One of them said, F you Yelp, uh, Yelp. And they, they said, you know, we, it, it went on to ensue a bunch of big conversation. And I, I don't know what your experiences with Yelp. I know our industry, we've had some conversations. There are people saying they're having good luck with Yelp, but nobody trusts those reviews anymore. And I, and I, and I actually spoke up and I said, I read somewhere that, I think Yelp has lost its credibility as being a, a positive, yeah, a truthful. Because you can you can look at someone that leaves a just an incredibly weird, odd thing, and look at three hundred other reviews they've done. And it says the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you have you had that same? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, anywhere in the service industry, especially on the residential side, Yelp becomes a fairly big factor uh, in my experience. Yeah. Um, and they're they're brutal, man. Their marketing is is uh, intense. I'll say. Um, so from from that aspect, it's challenging. But um, from the review side, I, I would say they the credibility is in question yeah. for sure. Well, it's a it's a lot of pay to play. You can yeah. pay them. Oh, big time. Um, the one of the guys on stage, the one I kind of really I wanted to go meet him afterwards. He really said a lot of stuff that I liked. He said uh, there was a a situation out in California, some pizza place, and was just sick of Yelp. And he started saying he would give a he started soliciting one star reviews to oh. prove his point. He would trade a pizza for a one star review just wow. to get as many one star reviews, but bring attention to it that we're getting this because we're enticing people to. And it ended up being a lawsuit, and it was a, he they won or something like that. But he said it was really that's incredible. You know that that's funny. I, you know. <laughs> I've been listening to the book Anti Fragile. I just ordered the book, and it that it speaks to that that exact thing. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go after the one star review. That 
it's opposite of whatever the purple cow, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to get. I, I've got that book Anti Fragile. I've got to listen to it. It's a it's a hard read. It's, it's deep. brutal. It's, it's deep. Brutal. <laughs> there was a story here, and, and we're going to get off topic now for 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 sure. There was a story <laughs> that I read about. Uh, uh, if anybody here lives in or has traveled to a city, uh, a lot of these electric scooters are popping up everywhere. Oh my gosh! The little scooter scooter village, right? Yep. And uh, I will tell you, uh, it, there was a, there was one. I think it's called. I'm not even gonna say what it's called. I don't want to give them any free publication. <laughs> but they they kind of spread out in, in in a lot of cities, and some of them they met some resistance from my not getting the correct licensing. Yep. Have you heard the story? Uh-huh. It happened here. It was here, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It happened here. So t- tell the story. Tell, tell what, how that worked. I, I don't know all the details. I, I know that they, they came, they set up shop, they put their scooters all over town, they made a bunch of money, and then the city was like, wait a second here. They didn't have a license to operate. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm sure they recovered from an, from an insurance perspective, but they didn't have uh, the proper licensing uh, or approval from the city to have these things floating all around town. And it ended up creating a bunch of negative publicity, um, but publicity that they didn't wouldn't have gotten anyway, and they didn't have to pay for it. So they got press and they ended up doing, I think they ended up pulling out of town eventually, but they got a bunch of free press and made a lot of money. Right, that was what the article said. The president said, listen, I, I got uh, CEO startup, you know, entrepreneur said I, I got tons of press <laughs> yeah. that some may say was bad um i think look at hollywood look at the music industry why do you think kanye acts ri- ridiculous on instagram or, or britney when they're not talking about you they're not buying your stuff right they're not buying your shit yeah. so um he did he had very good success here and i i don't know if they're gone or not but it was extremely beneficial um I think his company got bought, and they may be rebranded. Mm. I think another big company bought them out. But the big the big push was uh, taxi companies, taxi, mm. Uber, all that kind of stuff. It's like this replaced them for people that could have just normally yeah, would yeah. have Ubered eight blocks away. We're now scootering, scootering and scraping their knees and stuff like that. So so that was a good talk today uh, with uh, the, the hospitality group. And, um, you know – I will. I will talk about one more thing. Um, are we good on time? Oh, freaking it! I own this podcast. I can do time. <laughs> do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> so, my favorite restaurant here in town. One of my favorite restaurants in town. Um, they they went through COVID, went through it pretty rough, and closed down for a while. And now they're reopened, and we went back as soon as they reopened, and it was a good experience. Um, but now that we've gone to a second or a third revisit two weeks ago it's an app it's a it's a qr code on the, on the table it's a little little module little pod you scan it it's 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 not user friendly mm-hmm. um it's supposed to be that everybody at the table can order separately but say they're all with the same party whoever starts it like clark uh, i'm with clark and it says who are you with another party so that your your order all comes in at one time and it goes to the kitchen but you know, once you've made the initial order, then you kind of got to resubmit. And I don't know; it's just it was tricky. And our waitress that came over was phenomenal. She came over and explained it to us, had that down, had the explanation down, told us how this was going to work. 
said that she, and she was super friendly. I'm like, can we, can we just give you our order? She goes, well, we have a new policy that we're automatically going to add 20% tip Oof. to your ticket. On the, it's going to be automatic. Little green button here, push it. It lights up, but I also get a page to come over. She goes, but I'm by here every 30 to 50 seconds anyway. Okay, no problem. So we we ordered, and then, and of course, fumbled around. My wife didn't get her order for 10 minutes later, eight minutes after, whatever. We are all eating. We didn't hit submit when she added, I don't know. You got to do your water, your drinks. So we pushed the button, and crickets. Nobody came by for a while. Surprise. And then when I saw the young woman and said, uh, can we help you? She goes, she couldn't be bothered. She literally gave me the eye, like the, the nerve of you. And I said, I pushed the button. She goes, I see that. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was, it was not good. My wife's like, Oh crap. <laughs> but you know, and, and listen, I've traveled to New York city a lot and, and New York city does a lot of tips up front. You remove the need or the desire for that person to earn your tip at that point they mm-hmm. already know they have it yeah what's the incentive and that's that's a blanket statement that's probably a lot of people on watching and listening to this might have worked it that wouldn't be the case but for this and in my experience that has been more often than not the case that once they get a tip especially 20 percent i can do whatever i want to at this yeah, point I, I, whenever something like that happens i always you, my operations mind kicks in right you have to wonder, you know, it was a great idea, this QR code, and everybody orders individually, but something's not working. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem, and it was reflecting in the tips for the waitress staff. So then they're like, well, let's just give all the waitress staff, the waiter and waitresses an automatic tip. They didn't fix the problem. Right. You know, they didn't go back and address the actual problem that was causing the waiters and waitresses to not get tips. And it just compounds from there. I mean, well, I think it was it was a step to try to recoup and recover. You know, maybe they weren't getting as many hours because of the limited seating. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what the reason was. But here comes the crowbar. This is where this fits into our industry. How many times, and Toby, you're, you're learning this like at, 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 at a breakneck pace, how many times do we, restoration contractors, specialists, remediation companies, do things are reactionary without validating it with it's actually a good experience for our customer? How often does the insurance company ask us to change or do something completely different, but that doesn't serve the customer? And then they're over there. They don't even remember what the last thing was because we don't communicate it well. But we, we're not, we're not acting in. By the way, I figured out that we have to have quiet chairs when you do a podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, the good news is the carpet does feel good. I'm barefooted. Yeah, you missed the last one. Everybody, <laughs> minute number 36, I'll talk about how good the carpet feels when you're barefooted, but I have boots on today. I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how many times in our businesses, or any business, do, do we make structural, integral changes Without looking at what the results are going to be for the end user, what, what do you what do you yeah. think? What's the trickle down? Of, I mean, what's the trickle down effect of the decision I'm going to make right now? Mm-hmm. Um, if you deviate from your SOP or your process, your procedure, whatever the case may be, there's going to be impact on that uh, on the outcome. You know, I was I tell people I tell clients think of your your business in terms of micro events. And if you deviate from those micro events, that's the difference between a one and a three star review or one and five star review, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that that plays in here. 
um, if you if you deviate, you're either going to make a five star review or a one star review. Good point. Um, yeah, you know, you know, we 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 think, wow, this is going to help us. We're already getting beat up by the carrier, or whatever. We have some hardship. It's not about us. It's. Um, I wonder how many people listening have ever created or helped been part of a, a customer journey map, like mm. figuring out every micro micro touch, like from the minute the phone rings, what happens, when, why, and how, and who does it. Yeah, I think that's something that is really missing is the customer service aspect um, in this industry, I would say, because uh, most people, I'm not going to say everyone, because we know lots of great restorers that aren't aren't doing this, but a lot of restorers are focused on what is the insurance company going to say. They're not worried about the five-star review. I mean, they are. They are. Yeah. They are, but at the end of the day, they have to get paid and the only way they know how to get paid is to appease the adjuster or the whoever is handling the claim. Let me let me let me shed some light on what I think you probably mean. You might just not can 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 say it. your customer doesn't care about your moisture map. They don't care about the documentation you're doing. Right. They care about getting called, say that you're going to be there early or late or not at all. They're they, they're concerned about how you take care of their their things. Um, not just break something and say, hey, they'll turn that. I see that all the time. I broke something. I'm going to see if the insurance company will pay for it. No, you broke it. Right. Now, if it was deteriorated because of the water damage, it's a different thing. But we are a retail service. As much as people want to say we're not, and when you when you start to think about that, when you start to mold your business and still do what you need to do and then charge what you have to charge yeah, to cover Yeah, from a folks. professional standpoint, like, you know, you have to think about the client and the customer service, but you also have to take your technical aspects and it's got to fit in the process for sure. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times that we start working with someone new or just someone we know that has been heavily on vendor programs, TPAs, and they just won't have many reviews at all. Mm-hmm. Not that they necessarily did a bad job, it's just that that's not, they haven't thought to ask because that's not really who they associated as their, as their client. And then maybe... Maybe the client didn't say, didn't think of that. They were selected for them. They didn't pick that contractor. The insurance company sent them out. Um, we were talking to someone this week that was a, a, an affiliate of ours that, um, not in our industry really, that had a flood and said mitigation went great, reconstruction went terrible, mm. and said, uh, I don't, I don't understand how they didn't communicate with me better than that. So, um, and then today uh, we can we can switch subject, trying to get the glass changed on my wife's jeep mobile mm. i got an email last week we're going to order the glass and we're going to see if we can't put that install that for you late next week um never heard from them kind of slipped my mind as well i'm at my luncheon today and uh, my mother-in-law who's at the house watching the kids called and said hey there's somebody here to change the glass in your wife's jeep wow. and i'm driving it and i'm like well, they didn't call and schedule that. So now my anxiety is just, I mean, it's their time. It's their loss. But I don't want to lose I don't want to lose the chance to get that glass put in. Yeah. It's just like, why did nobody call and tell me? We didn't have an appointment. Where in your workflow did it skip, right? Yeah, well, right there, right? The, the, the fact that they didn't call you potentially leads to not a five-star review, no, right? I, I won't be thinking about right. five-star review. Right. So, th- again, it goes back to those micro-events and, and being able to – make decisions 
that will have an impact on the client. Yeah. Positive. Yeah. So. So true. Because, I mean, if if they had called on Tuesday and said, which day is good for you, and then called on their way out, give me a set of instructions on what they need, where it needs to be parked, what the yeah. – Just, you know, setting it up, making it easier for me, that is worth the review. Yes. Um, I don't know. It's just I, – I, I just – and listen, it, it, it's how people stand out. We have to have lackluster to contrast against good. Because if, if everybody was great, we wouldn't – what would great look like, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think yeah. that's a little bit of it. But um, just wanted to throw that in there. Again, this still relates to us. Are you are you really – if you if it was your house and your mom's house, would you – would you would you get you know would you recommend your service? Uh, anything to add about that before nope. we do the? Nope. The I big... think it's time for some for some big news. Cool. You want me to do it? Are yeah. You... Okay. So I'm gonna have to be. I don't want to be annoyingly vague here, but but this is still in progress. But let me tell you, uh, I'm part owner of the Alliance of Independent Restorers, and the Alliance of Independent Restorers is a an association and a community and a coalition of restoration contractors that are looking to be with like-minded people doing the best work they can and be seen as being part of something. Um, We know that improving our industry, your industry, my industry, is from the inside out. Um, No one's going to come and save us, and they certainly are going to. If we don't do something, it's going to continue to erode. Uh, Our mission is to elevate the industry through education, not IICRC classes, but through experienced education and through community, sense of community, education through learning from others and from peers and from the best and best uh, best practices of others and experiences and past success and losses. So we have a great network so far. <clears throat> and one of our big BHAGs. Um, What's a BHAG? Oh, you don't know that term? I do. Okay. Make sure everybody else does. Big, hairy, audacious goal. It was from... The big ones? The big ones. <laughs> the ugly ones? <laughs> the big... The big. Well, I've always heard the big... Big, hairy... These are the ones that you say out loud, but almost quietly, because you just don't want to be heard with such lofty goals. Like, oh my gosh. You know, because listen, there are going to be people say, it's not going to happen. Yep. Well, guess what? I'm circling this one because it's going to... Fucking happen, okay? <laughs> I want our trade restoration, probably not the right name. I would like a comment. Uh, after you hear about this, I'd like comments up, uh, give me an update, give me what you tell us what you think, email us. I don't care, but our trade remediation specialist, I'm gonna go with that. Drying guys, I don't know. Well, we do more than <laughs> that, right? Restoration is not gonna do it. I want to be a trade that's recognized mm-hmm. in our industry. And I'm talking HVAC, plumbing, electrical, pipe fitter, concrete pouring, roofing, uh, any of those. Uh, I, 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 we don't – we aren't now. I think I think we have made some strides to that, and I think certain brands stand out from a recognition um, standpoint that kind of elude to that. But most customers that have never – had experienced the loss or had a loss or something like that or had a, f- a flood or a fire, don't really know that there is a specialty around that niche, that mm-hmm. there is a something. And, and, and they, they, I think we are somewhere in the eyes of the public probably 
in the certainly the general contractor. Yeah. And, and and listen, a lot of general contractors do what we do not very well because it's a specialty. So, but also, so what's the news, Clark? What's the news? Oh, you want to get to it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell me about it. Okay. I think we start with an apprentice program. Yeah. Having an apprentice apprenticeship around this trade. Um, we have partnered with, or we have started a really good alliance with, alliance with the alliance, with the group that um, is associated with a lot of veterans. Mm. Now uh, you're talking to a lot of restorers. A lot of restorers. A lot of, a lot of restorers uh, have veterans uh, on their team. Yeah. Uh, Mike McFadden with Hero Restoration. Restoration Heroes out of California? <clears throat> yep. Um, the Department of Labor has, has, has told us some of the steps and required criteria to become a trade, and we have done that, mm. and we have submitted it with them. Mm, big. That's a big first step. It's a big first step. So here's where we are now. The next step is it's, it's in the Department of Labor and also a few other divisions of government. All the acronyms start coming out. Um, the it's in their hands. Huh? All the red tape. Yeah, but not the CIA. Um, well. It's in their hands. But once we have this first step done, almost by default, it's accepted, and now it's going to be a recognized trade. Mm. So we're 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 there at that point. Now the next thing is put the infrastructure of this. And what this is going to look like this this group, this 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 crossover alliance is going to bring have a, a lot of of retired discharged, retired recently retired discharged honorably, of course, uh, veterans that are looking to cross over into civilian life but use some of their best skills and make a really good living. And we have that. Yeah. Um, but they want to know who and where. So now, and I don't want to say this wrong, Toby, but now we have this group that is going to be able to reach into some of the benefits that are allowed to or given to veterans. Yep. It will supplement. Is that the right word? It will supplement income for a short, for a period of time. Yeah. 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 So lots of details to come out, but basically it, it supplements for a period of time. Um, through the training yep. of the of the people that come on board, as I understand it. Yeah, so there's got to be, uh, you know, apprenticeship means X number of hours doing X number of things, learning through apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. So you've got a, 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 a an individual, male or female, men or woman, that's served, that has, has what, Toby? Has discipline? Uh, servanthood. Servanthood, structure, uh, ad adaptable to changes. Yep. Um, kind of checks a lot of the same boxes that we would look for as Very far as process oriented discipline with you know with the discipline to go along with it yeah so when you talk about core values and lining them up there might be a lot of them that have automatically have some core values that would sync up with this so what we have now is if if we have restoration contractors that want to reach out once we get this up it's going to we're going to have a whole bunch of promotion around it all the information about where to apply or to ask we're going to need to know if you have a company, you're interested in having this group reach out and see if they have some placement opportunities. We're going to need you to submit your information so we know where you are, what you're looking for, so they can pair up these individuals. And then again, it's supplemented. You know, I don't know what that's going to look like yet. They'll have more information. But listen, I know a thousand restorers would say, I don't care if it's supplemented or not. Just give me the right people. Yeah, just give we're, me the right people. Exactly. Yeah. And now... 
I'm extremely excited about this. But then we get into uh, we can get into trade schools at some point. Yeah. Uh, if we have a trade, there can be schools that teach this. If we ever get this world back to where blue collar is acceptable again, but you and I both know that apprenticeship leads to mastery and uh, to to master levels of things. Mm-hmm. Which lead eventually to ownership and leadership and things like that. So, yep. yeah, would you would you say that the best way to stay on top of this from our viewership perspective is to go to the Air website? Is yep. that is that a safe assumption? I think that's one way. I think we're going to really blitz it when we get enough tangible, actionable information. We're going to promote it everywhere, but some of those yeah, places yeah, would sure. be um, look up the Alliance for Independent Restorers. We have a Facebook page and a LinkedIn. Um, we do have a website. It's AI Restore A I R E S T O R E dot org. It's a dot org. We'll have some information from there. Um, if you just want to submit your information there, I mean, just join. Just look. Just join Air if you want. Um, it, it's for a, even if we didn't do this, there's a lot of people succeeding well from it. But yeah. go there, um, submit your information, get on our mailing list if nothing else. And, and, and when we have this, it's going to be a big release because I think it's going to be a I, I hate the word game changer, but it's going to be <laughs> that's well, it, it's the it's a really it's the first step into becoming a, tr- uh, a recognized trade, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, and that's big, that's huge. That's what a lot of people have been working on for a long time. They have. I mean, I think it's interesting where we kind of started out as carpet cleaners, and now we've moved into other. But and and I would. I, there's a lot of places I wish that would go, and I hope it leads into some. I hate the word regulation per se, but um, I don't want to make it so easy where just anybody can join this industry and just come in and, and give us the bad name. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know. Yeah, so I want to go back to a minute for just that thought. I just want to hear uh, crab, crabs. The word crabs is in my head. Don't Uh-oh. ask. <laughs> Got medicine for that. <laughs> um, anyway, keep your eyes peeled, ears peeled. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It could go. Listen, what I do know is it's the very early stages of it. It's going to become something else. And it, yeah. it, it has probably potential that we haven't even thought of. Yeah, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or wherever, um, probably not listening on Spotify. But um, but if you're, if you're watching this, drop comments below. So that we can follow up with you, um, and, and if you can't find the link, we'll, we'll be sure to get it to you. Listen, contact us through RestorationAdvisors.com, RestorationAdvisorsAdvisors.com. Submit a you know comment to us and or email us, and we'll get you some information. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to say that by the end of the year, we're going to have some really concrete. I would found, say we'll have a solid structure in place, foundational sure. yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know. Uh, going back before we close it out to crabs, uh, <laughs> one of the restauranteers, uh, uh, is that what you call them? Restauranteers? I like that. Um, Sounds cool. When he was talking about the crabs, he said good crabs. So he could get Maryland East Coast crabs, but they were more expensive. But what's happening is all these frozen crabs are coming in from China and Japan, mm. all these other countries, and it's not it's it's majorly subpar, but it's also extremely inexpensive, and it's becoming. And grocery stores are picking that up. So what I'm drawing the pyramid here, our industry. There's a lot of people coming in here that don't know what they're doing. With you can have subcar subpar pricing if you don't do much good work. If you don't do great work, you don't train people, and the quality is not good. You can charge less. 
And all it does is hurt those that do want to do good work. And he won't say, he, he said, that's why I took it off my menu because I won't serve that crap. I don't want people coming here and eating that. I, I don't necessarily say it would make them sick, but it won't be what I want to put my name on. He goes, if you want to go to the grocery store and buy the Chinese stuff or whatever, go, go knock yourself out. But that's not what my restaurant was built upon. And I want to hear about restoration companies that say, if you just want somebody to come in here and just put a fan on it, not clean it, there are people that will be happy to do that for you, but yeah. it won't be my company. It goes back to the old saying, you can have, there, there's, there's three things, right? There's price, yep. there's service, mm-hmm. and there's speed. You can have two, but you can't have three. Pick two. You can't have all three. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's all I got this week, man. I just wanted to bring that stuff. out. I, I hope this was a, a, a good session for everyone. And, again, we're looking for feedback because we're going to get better with that. But um, for me, uh, you're going to go to Kentucky. I'm heading to Denver. Yep. Kentucky, Denver. And then we got Texas, Wisconsin, North Carolina. We're, we're busy, man. Busy. Golly. Don't remind me when you've got so much travel to do. <laughs> anyway, Sky Miles and Hotel Points, right? Listen, um, if you're in any of those places, Texas or something like that, we're going to be there. If you want to get together for lunch or beer, maybe for a – well, not Texas because you can be 12 hours away in Texas and not be close. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're going to be out and around. I hope you have a great week, and um, we'll talk to you on the next one.